We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... And welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week with the music, it's Kevin Bennett and the Flood! Please welcome them. And our panel, Tommy Dean, Gary Eck and Gene Kitson. And our live audience this week... Drawn from Griffith, Mudgee, Canberra, Gosford, Rush Colours Bay, and thanks for the big effort, Marrickville! The first, as always, here is the news from nowhere. When you are on hold to your telco or to the person who sold you your computer or the refrigerator warranty people, do you ever wonder about the economics of the system they have established? Okay, the time you spend on hold cost them nothing. That time spent listening to Vivaldi, then selecting from among the following options, then listening to more Vivaldi, then entering for the fourth time your customer number, then declining an invitation to visit them on the internet where there may be a solution to your problem, then listening to more Vivaldi. And after so much Vivaldi, you end up wondering, just how many seasons are there? (laughs) I thought there were only four. In the end, though, you wear down the company's defences and you reach a real live human being, which is when it begins. An hour of questions and forms and conditions of service and of, I'm sorry for the delay, sir, but my computer is not working, followed by a promise that someone will ring you back when the computers are working, but no one ever does ring back. And so it begins again. Someone I seem to remember once wrote a book about this whole process. Name of Dante. (laughs) Now, I know it's boring to go on about the three hours I spent on the phone to my telco over the past fortnight, so instead I'd like to focus on the three hours they spent on the phone to me. How much does this cost? Is this the reason Telstra's profits are down? In the end, wouldn't it be easier to just solve my problem as presumably they will eventually be forced to do? My problem is a broken internet cable somewhere out in the street. I'm sure of this because our street is currently being dug up for various purposes by almost every conceivable agency. Maybe this is true of your street. The NBN dig up one side of the street, then they fill it in. Then Sydney trains, for some reason, dig up the other side of the street, fill it in, despite there being no trains in the vicinity I can see. Presumably Sydney water will turn up next week. The whole suburb pongs of freshly poured asphalt. Like most Sydney siders, I feel my life now involves a series of mysteries to which I can only guess the answers. Mystery. Why don't the various agencies get together, dig up one side of the street, bury their various cables in that same trench, then jointly fill it in? Answer. Don't be daft. Sydney Trains is a state-owned instrumentality. Telstra is a privatised former government corporation. The NBN is publicly owned, yet slated for future sale. While Sydney Water, well, it's a law unto itself. They could try ringing each other, of course, but here's the thing. You can never get through. (laughs) 
mystery. Why don't we have accessible trenches built into every suburban road, part of the normal process of curb and guttering, into which all the services could be placed, thus removing the vulnerable and ugly power lines, as well as eliminating the need to dig up half the country with each change in technology? Why can't we have that? Answer. There is an excellent reason for this, but I'm unable to look it up right now as I've lost my internet connection. (laughs) Mystery. Why can't service or warranty problems be solved by emailing the company rather than through a series of increasingly maddening phone calls? Answer. I do have an answer for this. Plausible deniability. An email trail would prove how long you've waited, would reveal all the failed promises and supply screenshots of the poor service which people would then place on social media. Do you think they're crazy? Of course they won't let you write to them. Mystery. Why do they keep palming you off, ignoring the early calls in which you are the model customer, patient and understanding, right up until the moment you start losing your temper and demanding action and asking for a supervisor and getting ready to snap, at which point they finally agree to do something. Answer. All Australia's corporations are involved in a major scientific experiment in which they are attempting to bring a whole nation to a point of fevered, shaking, red-faced exasperation. Just to see what happens. Mystery. Why do people in the call centres always act as if no one has ever suffered the same problem, pretending they are surprised that your internet doesn't work or that your new fridge won't get cold or that the power bill is wrong? Answer, because the correct answer, oh, that happens all the time, you're my tenth caller this morning, is considered in breach of the Official Secrets Act. (laughs) Mystery, why don't they give the call centre workers computers that actually work? Have you been on them and they say the computers won't work, we'll have to ring you back? Why don't they give them computers at work? Answer. The call centre companies are trying to develop empathy among their employees so they might better understand the extreme annoyance and frustration of customers whose computers don't work. Actually, the more I think about it, the more it all makes perfect sense. We really are living in the best of all possible worlds. In the meantime, why don't you walk around the house Find a pillow and try screaming into it. And that's the news from nowhere. Uh, Tommy Dean, Gary Eck, Gene Kitzner here. Welcome. Welcome. I've long held uh, the belief that there are no call centres. I think that when you call Telstra, for example, because you have trouble with your bill, I I think they just reroute it to some other citizen. (laughs) Because when you're talking to the person out there, they always seem so confused. Uh, I'm having some trouble with my bill. I don't understand what you mean, sir, with the bill's not here. They do act as if they have never had... They act as if you're calling the dry cleaner, don't they? They act as if they've never confronted anybody who has a problem with their computer. And it feels like they try to take you out of it with every little level of defense. There's one thing with the classical music. The one that gets me the most upset is uh, when the computer pre-screens the call. Mm. Uh, so they're like, uh, uh, just so we can pr- uh, send you to the correct department, uh, please enter your customer number mm. off the bill. Mm. So you do that. Uh, please verify your date of birth. I've done that. Please verify your phone number. I've done that. And then finally, when eventually you do talk to a human, they're like, uh, can I just uh, have your bill number, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just gave it to somebody! <laughs> yeah. 
I would like to speak in defence of call centres. Oh, really? Good. I've had really good experiences with call centres in the last few years, you know, since they've made them more human and that. And once I spend, it doesn't mean that anything gets fixed faster or, you know, more efficiently. Mm. But I went once spent so long on, with, on the call centre to this one person that we became friends and we went out for lunch. <laughs> and that is true. And then I met his boyfriend and we all had, yeah, and then he met my husband and then, yeah, yeah. We, be, we became mm. friends just because sure of how long. Call centre or? Yeah, yeah, because then he... <laughs> what kind of call centre is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's called the, the Tinder call centre. <laughs> Actually, yeah. now you mention yeah. No, no, and then he actually took me to the yeah. call centre, so I went and had a sure look at the call centre and yeah. met other people who were real people. Really? And it was yeah. really how, how did you yeah. pay for the airfare to Bangalore? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Albury. It was okay. I just tried <laughs> yeah. Yes, dial one for if you want new servers, dial two. Dial three if you want the sweet release of death. Yeah. <laughs> my favourite one, I have to quickly, I'm very, I'm sorry, but uh, I, once it was years ago, uh, but my uh, son wanted a toy that was in a box of cereal. And when we opened the cereal, the box, the, the, the toy was not in it. And it was just one of those days where I was cranky. I was so cranky. So I called the number on the side of the box, and I was just ready to just be so mad. You've ruined my day. You've ruined a toddler's day. And as I said, hello, my name is Tommy Dean. And she's like, oh, my gosh, from TGIF. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes. Do <laughs> uh, you to call and say how much I love your cereal? Yeah. Let's, let's check you're up with this week's news. Who tried to count down, not for 60 minutes, but for nine months? Who tried to count down for nine months? Well, this is, uh, this is uh, the story of uh, uh, Charles Woolley, the 60 Minutes reporter, who was uh, interviewing people nodding, shaking their heads in the audience, Richard, mm. uh, interviewing the, the New Zealand Prime mm. Minister, uh, Jacinda. Ardern. Yeah. Ardern, and asking a kind of weird, weird questions, like, you know, and, and alluding to her, her attractiveness and... And uh, when's the baby due? When was it conceived? And it was really, really... Can, can you give us a date it was conceived? Yeah, yeah, it was really kind of yeah. awkward. I think, he, I think he thought he was on sexy minutes, not <laughs> 60 minutes. And, and then with the weird part is he took, he took her husband out fishing. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised he didn't take her out vacuuming or, you know... <laughs> yeah, let's go. What are your policies on dishwashing? And that skirt's a bit long, isn't it? <laughs> So it was very weird. It was weird. Yeah. I thought it sounded a little bit like some kind of weird in-house promotion for married at first sight. <laughs> you know, because they're always saying, so have you had sex? When did you have sex? You know, where did you have sex? How long ago did you have sex? Or he could have just been channeling, um, you know, uh, Sam the Sham. Hey there, little red riding hood, <laughs> you sure are looking good. He was really, you know, you're everything that a big bad wolf could want. <laughs> oh, we didn't even practice that and that was so Just a Channel 9 promotional exercise gone amiss. Yeah, yeah well, I don't know whether he knows anything about New Zealand Politics. He doesn't know that she wants free universities or, you know, mm. limited Chinese investment in real estate. All he seemed to know that was she was pregnant. It was so weird. Yeah. yeah. It was a weird... It was, some people say it was a really weird a week for women in politics because Michaelia Cash did this weird thing where she kind of talked about the young women in Bill Shorten's office. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was weird too. Like, she should not... You know, like... She should know that people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, especially if they're in a glass house. And Parliament House is one of the biggest glass houses. <laughs> you know, she just sounded a bit gross and, and yeah, a bit sort of, you know, she, she's suggesting that 
people in Bill Shorten's office were linked up like Lego would just just out of, completely out of line. <laughs> um, Mr uh, Abbott's called it a um, brain snap, but I think she was just having a Charles Woolley moment, actually. <laughs> <laughs> a bad week all around? What do you think? Well, well I don't think it's a bad week, but it seems Charles Woolley, it seems, it feels like if only... Only you've spent time on a, you know, some sort of journalistic show. <laughs> <laughs> how can you be on that show for that long and not... How can you have seen so many changes come through? He was supposed to be at the forefront of male education. He should be the most enlightened amongst us, given that that's what he deals with mm. in and out every day of his life. That's right. his life. And I just I think it's disappointing that men are still not being taught how to deal with... Uh, with women in general, uh, powerful women especially, there has to be a way to, you know, just deal with them as people. And I think that you know, this is a very hard lesson. I have a son and trying to trying to get it across to young men and and trying to get it across to men, men. And now you know they have a person who should be showing us by example. Here's how we deal with an intelligent and uh, <clears throat> woman in power. Um, and what I hated more about the the Senator Cash issue mm-hmm. uh, was just the way that then. Men used that as one bad example from women and then jumped all over it as if that was going to define why we can't have women in power. Hmm. And that was even more disappointing. So uh, what a I bad guess. week. It was a terrible week. What a bad week. It was a week. terrible week for men is who it really was. It looked like it was for women. It was just another example of how crappy men can be. Who, who, talking about men, who claimed to be a top gun when it came to bravery, even without a gun? Mm, yeah. Look, this is the greatest of all men. <laughs> <laughs> And we know he's. And great. he will say that himself. He, yeah. he told us. He's told us. He, he told us again and again. Yeah. And this is uh, look. I continue to argue that we are in some sort of parallel universe uh, <laughs> where reality doesn't really follow the rules anymore. Uh, but he, uh, President Trump, has, uh, when talking about the horrible tragedy of the Florida school shooting, has said that if he was there. He would have just walked right in. Mm. Had a word to the young man. <laughs> no gun. No gun. Wouldn't even need a gun. Wouldn't even need to walk in. He'd probably just parachute in. <laughs> he would have parachuted in on a jet ski. <laughs> yeah, but let's, let's be fair here. Would Donald Trump actually have done something impulsive and rash without thinking it through? <laughs> 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 well, you know why he would do it. Because I think he genuinely believes that the bullets would just ricochet off his enormous ego. <laughs> you know, and that's orange skin is just, that's like atomic proof. I don't or know what he'd be thinking, oh, look, there's all these fake news cameras. This isn't even a real news event. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just a kid trying to find his way to the library. Yeah. I mean, what's he going to do without a gun? I mean, how's he going to, what is he going to just kiss the guy? You know, like, that's what he's good for. I mean, that's all Trump knows what to do. Come on, give us a kiss. You know, I put- think he was probably going to rush in and get the shooter's Twitter handle and rush out again and then bombard the place with angry <laughs> tweets, you know. Perhaps thinking, you know, perhaps, yeah, thinking played no part at all in it. Perhaps he didn't think... But a man is brave. Imagine the impact on the Vietnam War if he'd managed to attend <laughs> that particular... <laughs> Because he very nearly did mm. five or six times. But <laughs> yeah, that's right. Somehow. Well, that was the problem because they kept saying they were going to give him a gun and that is not <laughs> how he rolls. <laughs> Who decided to send in the clones? Well. Weird. Weird, Gary. Weird. But yet inspirational. Well, you know, the biggest story of the week, really, probably, or maybe even the decade, is that China has decided to be ruled by an emperor again, and instead we're fascinated by this weird story, which is the Barbara Streisand cloning her dog story. 
Don't you love it? It's good. Just keep calm and carry on while the rest of the world's imploding. <laughs> yeah. So the dog was 14 years old. The dog died last year. Beloved dog. She took cells from the mouth and stomach of the dog and has cloned two dogs yeah. identical yeah. to the lost dog. Yeah. I think she's just... I mean, what jumped into my... sprang into my mind was the idea that maybe she's planning on cloning herself and she was practising yes. on the dog. Yeah. Were you thinking that? Yeah. I know, imagine. I mean, it's weird. Two dogs as well. So it's like the dogs are in competition. Whoever's the closest to the original one is mm. going to be the winner. I mean, it is kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, it's like if you look... I think she's actually attached to the past too much. I mean, if you look at all her songs, memories, the way we were, you know... She's even renaming all her films now. You know, A Star is Born and another one just like it. Uh, What's up, Doc? How's the cloning going? You know, it's kind of weird. And there's a film. She was in a film called Hello, Dolly, which is the name of the sheep that was originally cloned 30 years ago. It's all a bit spooky, Richard. And you mentioned President Xi, but maybe President Xi is more interested in this story than anybody else because he's thinking, I don't want to only be Emperor of China for life. I want to be emperor of China forever. I'm going to clone myself and he will just continue to rule China forever. It was, that mm. would be very weird, Richard. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, well, she said these dogs had different personalities so we can only hope that if Barbara or the emperor clone themselves, they, well, we can only hope that Barbara will maybe not be able to sing. <laughs> maybe she can only do rap or something. But those dogs, I mean, if they're cloned, do they smell each other's butts and think, my God, that smells like my butt? <laughs> what would that do? That'd be so weird. I like, I like that. I don't, I don't know what breed this dog is, but apparently it's clearly one of the smart ones. It's a cotton detulia. Mm, Have you ever heard of it? No. Cotton no. detulia, I guess. There's only one. That's why she had to clone it. <laughs> no, that makes sense. No, so she's paid 50 grand to some guy who's just got a shed full of these dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We are with Tommy Dean, Gary Eck and Tim Kitson on <laughs> Thank God It's Friday. Uh, now, a new real estate record has been set on Sydney's lower North Shore with... $23 million being spent on a house overlooking Balmoral Beach. The house features a cinema room, billiard room, infinity swimming pool, synthetic tennis court with practice wall, air-conditioned air conditioned gym, temperature-controlled wine cellar, tasting room and an eight-car showroom garage with a car wash bay. Uh, which of these facilities do you have at your place? And what are the things you think... <laughs> are absolutely necessary in a house to make life worth living. Gary X. Yes. Uh, well, all of them is the answer. Um, no, I, I have a cinema room. Uh, it's a little inconvenient. I have to catch a bus to Broadway. Um, then go to a place called Hoyts. I've named Hoyts. I just made this name up. And I've got it all. It's all, like, you know, set up. Like, I've got a real person there collecting tickets. That's good, it? Yeah, it's nice of me. And I let the real public come in and sit there and join me and watch my films and stuff. You know, just a bit of fun. Do you sell yourself popcorn? Yeah, I make popcorn and, you know, just throw it about. I don't really care. You know, it's kind of fun. It's my cinema. Um, but, you know, as you know, Richard, as a comedian, uh, I earn a lot of money. Oh, so much money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tommy and I, we often get together and gloat about how much we made by doing the Menai Tavern to four people on a Friday night. <laughs> it's pretty special. Um, you so know, you, you look at a $23 million price tag and you just think they weren't really trying. Ah, it's nothing. Yeah. You know, I, have, I have a money room where I just throw my loose bullion. You know, I don't have, I don't, I don't collect bitcoins. I collect whole coins. 
You know what I'm saying? I've got, right now, I've got a $2 coin in my pocket, Richard. A whole one, not just a little bit of one. Like all these people going, oh, look at me, I've got a bit of a dollar. Nothing. Like I, I, the other, you know, years ago, I bought a train set. Um, it's a full scale one. You might have seen it around Sydney. Uh, the Bankstown line. <laughs> all right, the truth is, I have none of this. I do have a, look, I have a cinema room. It just happens to also be my lounge room, my kitchen. It's all just rolled into one. You don't need it spread out amongst, you know, hectares and, you know, Less cleaning, less cleaning. Less cleaning. I love being able to cook, eat and watch television all at once. These people people are not living. Yeah, and you have a a swimming pool, leak in the roof. What's the difference? (laughs) It's it's the same thing, right? Water views of Balmoral Beach or rising damp in the back bedroom. (laughs) To me, just as delightful, Richard. Tommy, uh, what do you think of this? Uh, well, I think, first of all, I was annoyed uh, because I had a bid on on this. <laughs> how, how much was your bid? Uh, 22. <laughs> 22 million? Dollars. <laughs> Very annoyed. I thought, you know, young family could use the space. Um, <laughs> and the infinity pool. The infinity pool. I have an infinity swamp in my backyard. <laughs> it infinitely won't stop turning green. Um, I think all of this, I like, it, it's... I've never been a fan of, like, property porn. Uh, so the idea of... You're just reading this. All, all I see now is every everything you read just makes me shiver with, oh, God, that would be a hassle to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a cinema room, you know, like, they, they, like some specific movie room, mm. you know, the chairs wouldn't be uh, comfortable with groups. Uh, then where do I just watch normal TV? It would feel weird watching uh, a TV show in the cinema room. Uh, so You're basically saying you feel sympathetic for whoever, whatever poor person has bought this house. So much management. <laughs> oh, I can't believe the amount of management. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to have to buy eight cars well, I gotta, to I gotta, fit up the eight cars. I've got to join one of those stupid wine clubs just to uh-huh. fill up my temperature-controlled wine room. <laughs> exactly. And tasting room. That's oh, a bit I mean, rich, isn't it? I know. All the rooms are, are so tasteless. I have all these tasteless <laughs> Tommy, rooms. Tommy, I, I, I don't think they're buying. I don't think they're buying the wine from sort of Woolworths taste masters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have twenty-three million invested in your house, I'm sure you want a discount on your wine. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon? Do you, you, well, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Tommy. I mean, it would be a, like, I've got a car wash. It's got the kids. But, <laughs> you know, imagine trying to, the, to convince them to wash eight cars <laughs> in the eight-car garage. Yeah. Like, that would just be out of the question. I've got s- cinema room because I've got Stan. I like Stan. Oh, I've yeah. got Stan. Uh, enough about your husband. What about yeah. the cinema room? <laughs> Yeah, we make movies together, me and Stan. No, no, no. Sorry, I said that. Please take that image out of your head right now. It's with the call centre. Yeah, yeah. That's actually the name of the film. Yeah, yeah, call centre. That's right. The quiet plug. You know, like you don't need a billiard table. No, you know, you just need a table to play Scrabble on. If you want a clear viewer, you know, you just need a view. You don't need a pool. You just need to sometimes be able to see someone else's pool and just be reminded what a hassle that would be cleaning Mm. it and Mm. looking after it and all. All that sort of thing. Um, a tennis practice wall, they said. A tennis. You just need a tennis ball and a stick, you know, one of those things. A ten, what were they called? Oh, totem tennis. Yeah. Totem, totem tennis. tennis. That's yeah. right, totem tennis. And it's not going to look much in the real estate ad, though, is it? $23 million man. Has it got tennis? It's got totem, totem tennis. tennis. Yeah, yeah. But imagine how guilty... It's got its own gym, right? Mm, imagine yeah. how guilty you'd feel if you don't even go to your own gym. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just reckon <laughs> no wonder... Yeah. No yeah. wonder these people were selling it off. <laughs> you know, like, we're thinking of people buying it, but who sold it? They're going... 
get me out of here right now. It's one thing not to use your $200 exercise bike and put it in the council clean-up. Not that I'm saying I did that. (laughs) But a whole gym. Yeah, 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 a whole gym. That's ridiculous. No, you don't need much in life. You need a soft couch. That's right, I agree. You need a good couch with a proper TV built to the size of the room. You need a good dining room table and a proper kitchen. Mm. And you need another room that nobody ever goes in. Yeah, but come on. If I if it's I said you, that well, what's that for, Tommy? That's for just you know stuffing stuff in. Oh no, we have guests. <laughs> Put stuff in the other room. But if you won this house, you'd live in it and you'd love it. I'd live in it, but you know what? And I would you'd love live it. it. I would live fantastic. in the cinema room. Yeah. <laughs> and watch Family Feud yeah. on the big screen. The other thing, the house was probably worth twenty two. You know, last year dollars. You know, you know, and it could be again. Who would spend? Who would want their house at twenty three million to go down? Yeah, well, they're all going down. Sydney real estate prices are going down. That would be scary. It's Mm. terrible. Terrible. We'll have nothing to talk about in Sydney if this continues. (laughs) Uh, Are you ready for the wheel of death, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, Each week, our lovely audience comes and throws these random topics onto this chocolate wheel. Today's topics are forest, (laughs) garage sale, Women's Day, blockchain. Shoelaces, airbag, tulip stadium, rainbows, op shops, kneecap, thermal underwear, puppy, gas, and we're back to forest. Tommy Dean, what feels Just to be clear to the audience fair. out in the radio land, puppy yeah. and gas are two separate topics. Yep, that's right. Wait a puppy yeah. gas. No, no, that would be an unattractive topic. That would be unattractive. That would take us back to Barbara Streisand's two, oh. two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's spin the wheel. Where it stops, nobody knows. Today's topic for Mr. Tommy Dean is garage sale. Oh, Whose topic was garage sale? Thank you. Very good. All right. See, that's, uh, that's exciting coming off the last story because, man, the sales you could have in this garage. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Oh, that would be exciting. Uh, I come from a long line of uh, garage sale people. Um, do you, uh, we were very strict. There was a very big differentiation in my uh, upbringing between a yard sale and a garage sale. Really? Oh, very big difference because a yard sale uh, was usually uh, for big ticket items like furniture, things you needed more of the yard to stretch out in. Uh, the garage was very much a shop front uh, that only featured mostly things that you would find in a garage. Uh, it was old tools, uh, bicycle bits, golf clubs, uh, various sporting gears. Uh, my uncle uh, supported most of his life by going to garage sales buying stuff, reassembling it and making it better, and then having a garage sale. (laughs) He was like an upscaling garage sale master. Uh, He was also known to occasionally accidentally run over other people's signs out on the street, pointing them towards garage sales the night before so that he could get there early. Um, I like the garage sale. The garage sale is a great example. It's a great Mm. example of, you know, business and action. So those people are wondering why nobody else has gone to their garage sale except for this one guy who's only only offering them one dollar. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He'd tear down their signs. Wow. But Mm. not to be, they would just tear them down. He would take them home, repurpose them, and then (laughs) (laughs) put them up. Put them up for his garage sale. He recycled it everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't even his house. It was someone, this random garage oh, yeah, sale. Yeah. Yeah. He had a garage sale every week at a different place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was so good. Um, so we always had a bike and a really good mixed bag of golf clubs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was always exciting. Uh, but we loved it. Um, it was a big deal uh, in our neighborhood. So, you know, you would actually discuss with your neighbors when they were having theirs. Uh, collective garage sales. Uh, were rare, but when they happened, uh, wow, it was like a mall had opened up. Uh, that was exciting. 
dealing with the pressures of the garage sale, I think, is the problem. We've, I've never actually run one. I've been involved in many, but to actually have my own, I found off-putting. Uh, I find the difficult part is you say that the garage sale starts at 8 a.m., and for some reason there's a 6 a.m. group of people. That's 6 to 8 a.m. super bargaining. That's your uncle. That's my uncle. Yeah. He's 5.30 No, no but he showed up on time because he knew that no one else would be there because they didn't see the yeah. signs. <laughs> so show up, be a good guy. That's curious. You have such good stuff. I'll take it all. Yeah. Uh, the hardest part is it's weird that most people don't negotiate for products in real life. But at a garage sale, everyone is the world's greatest Middle Eastern haggler. <laughs> you know, I see that you want $12 for that couch. I'll give you a nickel. <laughs> but only if you throw in the record player and the blender. <laughs> no? All right, I'm going to walk. I'm walking. I'm walking away. Just going to walk, walk now. Well, All right, 10 cents. <laughs> and you can keep the blender. What about just the lid for the blender? I need a lid for my blender. Just the lid. Uh, but I think it's delightful. Uh, what I mostly love about garage sales, what I found going down, I haven't been to one in Australia, uh, now that I think about it. Uh, it's been many years, but I remember the main delight is I think the greatest reason to go to other people's garage sales is simply to marvel at what people bought. <laughs> <laughs> Presum presump you know, presumptuously at full price. You bought yeah. that from a shop. <laughs> and you wanted it. And you it. could just totally work backwards from it. I can't believe you bought that. I can't believe somebody made that. I can't believe somebody made that, <laughs> sold it, somebody else bought it, then you bought it from the person who bought it, from the guy who made it. That's right, because every garage sale has a foot massaging electric thing, doesn't it? Oh, foot massagers? Back scratchers? Yeah. Uh, old, I, my other one, uh, old, uh, what's the word, cutlery? Crazy cutlery, like who as, over their time assembles that many not matching knives? Well, people like, that really sell, work hard. sell like a VHS recorder, like who's going to buy that now? Like who's really going to walk past and go, oh yeah, I'm going to get that and watch that? Like, yeah. It's insane. Or just a box of cords. <laughs> <laughs> That's my other favorite one. Computer accessories. It's <laughs> just a variety of chargers and dongles that nobody knows what they go into anymore. Don't people buy those? I'm saving mine. I'm saving them for a garage sale. I thought I would get a fortune yeah. Yeah. for all these Tommy, old don't coins. talk about Gene Kitson's superannuation fund like that. <laughs> yeah, quite right. Well, we've got one sitting at the top of our stairs right now, an entire box of old discarded computer paraphernalia that I've got no idea. I literally have no idea what it is. Um, but there's a hard drive in there that may have Bitcoin on it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll put that on the side if I have a garage sale. may have Bitcoin encoded. It has, may have rare minerals. Aren't they made of rare minerals? Mm. Yeah, Bitcoin. Something tiny. No, right? no, hard drives. Oh, I think so. Yeah, there's lots of stuff. Yeah. Lots of crazy lots stuff. Lots of stuff. You just have to yeah. break it down. Your uncle has to break down that hard drive, <laughs> melt it down. I don't know what they do. But, but it also reminds you that retail is a mugs game. Uh, because, you know, you've got to pull everything out, you've got to set everything up, you've got to put prices on everything that no one will acknowledge, and then at the end of the day, you've got to put it all back. Because <laughs> the reality is, no one's going to buy the couch, no one's going to buy the blender, all they're going to do is focus, I mean, flick through all your vinyl, mm -hmm. and then steal it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so your final word on garage sales, don't bother. Terrible, don't bother. Yeah. And the worst part about it in Australia, most of you don't even have garages, it's a stupid word. <laughs> yeah. Just stick to council cleanup. That's really what a garage sale is. <laughs> stick it all out. Somebody will come at 6 a.m. in the morning, take what's good. The rest of it gets thrown away. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. But then you have council cleanup regret, don't you? Because you put out this object which you don't longer, you no longer want, and then you see someone almost instantly 
seeing and taking it home mm. and you think, mm. he has found a use for that which I could yeah. not see. Especially if it's That's the neighbour right. or something. And you feel, yeah. yeah, it's just I like the old... I have that all yeah. the time. That's why I put it out and then I bring it in again. Mm. <laughs> but I like, you know, like I get friends to, you know, to stop on the council cleanups to pick, you know, I go, oh, look at that, that's a door. We might need a door. And then we stop and they go, I'm not helping you put a door mm. in the back of the car, you know. And go, so I have to They're take They're very useful home. for filling the hole in the front of your house. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're excellent. I put this, I had an old rusty wheelbarrow and I got the wheel off it and I, the rest of the wheelbarrow had to be thrown. But I put the wheel outside, thought someone might want the wheel. And then I felt such regret when someone took it. Yeah. So <laughs> what are they doing? What, what use have they found for mm. a single wheelbarrow wheel? Are they more hoarders. creative than me? Are they, yeah. are they more imaginative? What are they doing? Yeah, but it's don't you weird. think that we've got a problem, yeah. Richard? I yeah. feel exactly... I think we're, we're on the border of hoarders. <laughs> Boar, yeah, hoarder but the weirdest hoarders. one, the weirdest one was the first one. We first moved into our house about 10 years ago. Uh, we, there's a lot of stuff the old owner left in the garage. And uh, so we had a council cleanup. We put it all out. Uh, and just as it happened on the day of the pickup, I was up early and I was just standing out the front of the house. And the guy pulled up in a box trailer and loaded everything. Just took everything. Everything. Was, oh, well, this is how council cleanup works. And then off he went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then about 20 minutes it's later, it's efficient. Yeah. Yeah. the council cleanup guy actually arrived. Mm. Like, I thought there was a bunch of stuff to pick up. Well, that's weird. Mm. <laughs> It'd be weird if the council just took all of it. <laughs> It'd be funny if the council pickup guy brought it all back. <laughs> Put it back on the ground. <laughs> I want to pick it up. <laughs> Tommy did have a sign on the whole pile saying, may contain Bitcoin. That was the, <laughs> <laughs> the secret. Uh, does he die, ladies and Does he die? Does he, does he, does he, does he live? Imagine. He lives. Um, thank God it's Friday. Had I known, I would have had a garage sale ready to plug. We should have had a garage sale. <laughs> Tommy Dean, Gary Eck and Gene Kitson are here. Now, it's Mardi Gras weekend, and after 40 years, surely it's time that the other tribes of Sydney had a turn. If we had a Mardi Gras for everyone else, what floats and banners could we expect to see tomorrow night? Gene Kitson. Well, I think the biggest tribe in Sydney is actually commuters. And they already had their own slow procession out of town. It's called Rush Hour. Um, There's not many banners for the commuters procession, but there's a really big horn section. (laughs) Uh, I thought real estate agents could have their own parade down. They could parade up and down in their Mercedes Benz while anxious bystanders throw money at them. I don't know what their banners would be, but no, I won't even go there. I think mums always need celebrating. They could climb into family wagons smelling of old school lunches and full of their and other people's kids and they could crawl through streets grinding their teeth rhythmically. It could be called the school run. (laughs) Um, Back in the old days, actually, they used to have... You know, parades that had power floats by power companies. But you couldn't do that anymore. They'd be ripped apart down to their axles, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Gary Eck. Yes. Um, well, I think you could have the, the council Mardi Gras. Um, it doesn't actually move because the guy at the front's holding the stop sign. Um, and the, the crowd have to walk past. That's the kind of unique part. I think the social media Mardi Gras, uh, it's just a lone person walks down the street, uh, but behind them are 100,000 followers. Um, just tweeting everything they do. Oh, wow, he stopped to tie his shoelace. That's unreal, fantastic. And then behind them is like a giant statue of a thumbs up and a a giant hashtag statue (laughs) and then behind that is eight kilometers of children walking with their heads buried in ipads and iphones playing video games holding up a banner that says 
the future. <laughs> I'm going a bit hard here, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. I think the uh, the politicians in uh, politicians internal affairs, Mardi Gras. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so the male politicians walk down the street with their mistress and unbeknownst to them, their wives are walking in the opposite direction towards them. And it's a bit of a punch-up in the middle, a bit of fun. I think it'd be good to they have... They meet at Taylor Square. Yeah, they yeah, meet at Taylor Square yeah. and we all sit there, fight, 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 fight. Big Barnaby Joy statue and, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's a giant float, you know. I think it'd be good, it'd be fun to do the Australia's Most Wanted Mardi Gras and invite all the criminals, fugitives, yeah. to walk down the street and then the cops are just waiting. <laughs> It's perfect, yeah. Not particularly funny. Uh, what about the... Uh, you know, there's certain pubs in Australia, in Sydney in particular, yeah. where if you go in when Australia's Most Wanted is on the television set, half the front bar leaves. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah, better be good. Protect, yeah. Uh, and finally, I think the, uh, the ninja Mardi Gras, huh? um, you can't actually see <laughs> yeah, them, but right. they're there. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to look out for them. <laughs> big tribe. Big tribe, big yeah, tribe. big tribe. Everyone's standing on their, their uh, milk ninja. crates. Ninja, you know, because you can't see like ninja, Like ninjas from the t- old television show. Oh, yeah, ninjas, like, because they're invisible ninjas. Yeah. Like, like the, oh, one that's, the one ninjas, that's you can't you. see them. Oh, can't you? I thought they'd jump backwards onto roofs. Yeah, but in movies, but in real life. Oh, you can't. Oh, in real life. In real life, Jean, ninjas are invisible. Hello. Jean knows nothing. And they don't, they don't run everywhere. They yeah. ride unicorns. Yeah. Yeah. Gene and I spend most of our childhood standing against a brick wall going... Yeah. <laughs> and then going... <laughs> with tops of cans. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Turtles. The, the 60s, they were great. Oh, uh, Tommy, what, what do you... Uh, I think uh, we've overlooked the, one of the big tribes uh, growing up in Sydney World, and that's the, the hipsters. Uh, it would be nice to, to have them marching. They wouldn't uh, actually have an entire float built. Uh, they would go with the deconstructed mode where they would each just bring a part <laughs> carry it down the street that would be nice uh they go with a penny farthing <laughs> but with an engine on it because they're modern yeah yeah solar panel solar panel yeah solar panel driven <laughs> penny farthing yeah, yeah. they'd be great. carrying beers yeah. in jam yeah. jars like, 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 an uber one yeah. of course like digital pocket watches yeah, yeah. driverless oh driverless of course driverless, driverless. <laughs> farthing yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be so good uh that'd be nice uh, I agree, I agree. Soccer moms, I think soccer moms uh, would be nice to have like just all the soccer kids and just one mum with a van at the end waiting. <laughs> <laughs> just prayed over yet. <laughs> it's gotta be over yet. We're standing in the cold wind of winter. Uh, yeah. I'd love to see a, I'd love to see a Bunnings sausage sizzle float. <laughs> You could smell it coming. Yeah, yeah keep it coming. I, I just uh, mostly I just I don't I've never seen it here as much. But, you know, American parades are famous for throwing things into the crowd, mostly candy, a variety. I just, I think, uh, I think you know, caramelized onions and sausages <laughs> flying off the bunnies, you know. I'd like in to the name this. of the local rugby club, fling, fling, fling. <laughs> I mean, that'd be sweet. Imagine if the Bunnings float met the hipsters float. Nothing had happened, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just thought they wouldn't like... You know, onions on them in their beards. They would never get a sausage from a bunning because they've got the beard. No, it's sick in the beard to be lunch for them for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a, that's a, the hipster beard is a larder. It's a storage facility. Oh, that is so revolting. They they can survive in Newtown for weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Who are the winners and losers of this week? Gary Eck. Uh, well, the winners, you know, I'm going to nominate uh, all those the schools. There's a bit of a rampage at the moment, banning phones. Finally, they've realised, you know, 
smartphones and stuff. Because I think for years, yeah. the kids have just fooled parents, fooled them into thinking, we need a phone so that you can contact us at all times. In an As if that's their main desire in life, of is to course. be instantly contactable and by that's their That's the parents. last thing they want. Yeah. They just want the phone so they can play video games and social media and stuff like that. And, you know, they've completely fooled the parents, you know. You, don't, um, you try giving a, a kid, like a Nokia 320, Going, oh, you know, you need this for phone calls. They'll have a heart attack on the spot. Like, I can't, I can't Google anything. What is this? <laughs> this is terrible. It's hard to sell the flip. Watch this. It flips up. Flip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, watch it when you're done. Flip, yeah, flip up. up. Oh, yeah. flip up. Oh, wow. flip down. Wait, oh. wait, yeah, and it takes, wait, wait, wait. It takes half an hour to come on. Check that out. <laughs> <laughs> Makes that sound. <laughs> and the battery lasts. Well, it's just gone. But uh, yeah, I know what you mean. But uh, So I, I applaud those schools. So there, there is a principle who's banned phones. But it don't really mean. But, I mean, but, I'm trying to get my principal to ban yeah, yeah. you know, my phones yeah. at my kid's school. It's going to be hard because he goes to the Institute of Phone and Social Media. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's a, it's but a good But don't the kids cause. say they need, they need it to do their homework? No, right? rubbish. That's what they what say. Is, oh, well, that's because they... No, no, they don't. A lot of them say, oh, we need our phones because we need our parents to contact us. Or, uh, <laughs> this is rubbish. They're fooling everybody. But, you know, and the power of social media is so strong, though. That, I mean, this is the loser is um, Snapchat. Did you see that where yeah, yeah. Kylie... Is it Kylie Jenner? Kylie Jenner, the... So one of the yeah. Kardashians revealed that they were no longer using Instagram, yeah? Yeah, they said, oh, who... Someone used on Snapchat went, hey, who uses Snapchat these days? You know, she wrote that. She has, like, 24 million followers. And the price of Snapchat plunged $1.3 billion oh. based on just that tweet. And then, like, you know, an hour later she retweeted, oh, but I still love you. And then, bang, the price goes back up again. <laughs> it's yeah. just insane, this yeah. world. The it's rational insane. operation of capitalism mm. in 2018. It's fantastic. To <laughs> but I think it's hard to deny the power because my, my loser would be Apple has just announced its greatest apps of 2017. And uh, one of its winners is an app called Calm, which is an, uh, an app on your phone that does nothing. It just shows you a picture of, like, a bird in a tree. <laughs> and it reminds you that you should take 15 seconds of no phone time <laughs> on by looking phone. at your phone <laughs> to remind you that life is worth looking up from your phone for. But here's a picture of life in case your neck yeah. is stuck. Yeah. Here's a picture of the bus that's about to hit you because you're not looking where you're going by staring at your screen. But, just, but the, the idea that you have to use your phone to remind you to take 15 seconds... <laughs> To look at a bird. They're crazy. When you could look just up. look in a tree, for real. Yeah. And there it is. Yeah. I, I, what I do is, I, so every night, I hide my children's phone in the tree out in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to interact with nature. It's too late with my kids. I took a photo of my 18-year-old the other morning sleeping. I know that sounds weird, but um, she, she had one arm over her laptop and the other hand was in her... Um, uh, we're holding a phone. That's how she sleeps, like yeah. that, like lying on the bed with an arm over mm. a laptop and the other hand, with, and then wires coming out of, you know, like she's not connected to her mother anymore. She's connected to the mothership. You know, like <laughs> I have no idea what she's listening to. Remember when yeah. we, used, like, we used to always say, turn the music down, you know, and now we have not got a clue what anyone they're even listening to. No, but Sorry, it's true. I, just... I mean, now, you know, children look to Google for answers. They don't look to, you, to the parents. Yeah. I mean, I heard my son whisper daddy to the computer screen the other day. <laughs> oh. 
Like, what are you actually yeah, going, Siri, doing, what yeah. is daddy? Yeah, what is daddy? Yeah. No, it's, it's true, though. It's but the Google won't give them 10 bucks when they need it, though. So you're still, you're still <laughs> in prize yeah, position. Winners and losers, Jean. Uh, the losers are all the people who secretly believed that they were the rightful emperor of China, <laughs> and now they are told they are not. Difficult news for Kevin Rudd, for example. <laughs> but his shoulders are broad. And, and on that note... Is President Vlad Putin, who is now the official winner of the Russian elections, and the elections will be held in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Dean, Gary Eck, Gene Kitson, and thank God it's Friday!